Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. So we've been talking about strongholds. Okay. It's, remember this, it's a stronghold. It's a stronghold. So it means it's got strength about it and it's got a hold. The Bible talks about captivity. And what Jesus does is actually sets a soul free. Now, there are a number of things about a stronghold. The Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. According to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and imaginations that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. So the thing is this, in a stronghold is simply, it's not a mindset. It's not just being locked in or being restricted or to have limitations around our mind. We're dealing with a force. We're dealing with a power that we got involved with some habits. Over a period of time, it became to be a bondage, and it's now empowered by a force. It's empowered by the demonic realm. There are many people today in the world today that are incredibly successful, highly talented, and doing exceedingly well in life, yet in their personal lives, they are bound with an area that they do not understand why they are driven and compelled to do things that, that often is against and often wars against their personal conscience. And uh, the idea is we try and normalize these things. We sit in front of counselors and psychologists and so forth, trying to normalize and get some form of normality and sensibility out of it. But essentially, there are people that are driven to do things that, that actually there's a force, there's a power behind it. And uh, I want to say this, that sometimes we think it's us. Sometimes the rejection thoughts and we go to a party or a function, we always feel on the outside looking in. And we don't feel even connected with our family members. These things are very real, but that we think it's part of our personality. But I want to say this, the enemy comes and helps to form and helps to shape a spiritual oppression or a dynamic around our personality. And then he condemns you saying it's you. For example, he will inject a lustful or unclean or a perverted thought into the mind and you think, my goodness, this is terrible, then what he does, he begins to accuse you, saying that you've got a whole lot of issues or you're a pervert and so forth, because that's what he does. So let me just repeat that. He puts a thought into your mind. He does it. So he instigates it. He orchestrates it. And then he turns around as the accuser of the brethren and he accuses you, saying you're not a Christian, you're a low life. And imagine if your pastor knew about this or your parents knew about that. And he begins to develop what is called a secret world. And the whole idea of the demonic uh, actually thrive on the principles of secrecy. One of the biggest ways that you can break a stronghold is to tell somebody with authority and actually bring it into the light. That's what you do. That's one of the best ways or the quickest ways of actually breaking a stronghold and it will help you through the processes of repentance to actually turn away from it. But of bringing darkness into light. How many of you have ever had a cockroach in your household? How many of you still got them? How many of you have had a pack of cockroaches? Okay, I'm going to confess something this morning. And uh, we had an infestation a few months ago that took me about two months to get them out. And I haven't told anybody about this. <laughs> no. But where I first found them, I, we got suspicious because we thought, oh my goodness, what are these things coming out? They said, so we sprayed around the house. Uh, that was pretty good. And uh, they'd die at four or five at night. And I was thinking in the morning they'd be dead. And then uh, it, we just thought this is terrible. And we did a study. I did a study on how how horrible these things are and how, how filthy they really are. And uh, so we won't go there. But anyway, so 
what I discovered, I, I realized there's got to be somewhere. There's got to be a stronghold in the house. There's got to be a monster in the mind. It has to have roots. Anything that has longevity has roots. Anything that has longevity has roots. And that's why it's not just a case of just telling some thoughts to go. Sometimes, Matthew 17, it's fasting and prayer that breaks the bondage. Sometimes you've got to get into those roots. So what happened was actually in the kitchen, there were a whole lot of plastic bags of the way our kitchen has been built and that. There are a lot of creepy, dark areas in that kitchen, and it's just like it's effort. Uh, you, you wash out the place, you put the vacuum cleaner through there, and you think you've done a good job because you're only really cleaning the surface, okay? And uh, how many of you know where there's a fruit, there's a root? If there's a cockroaches, there has to be a nest somewhere. And so anyway, so what I did, I pulled out these things in the dark. Okay, so I was in the, during the day, I pulled them out, the plastic bags, and I realized here they all are, and they scampered. They ran, they took off, and I thought, there's no, I haven't got time to spray. I was hitting them with jandals and all sorts of stuff. But at least the good news was I had identified the stronghold, okay? Uh, the monster in the mind, it had a root area. It had an area that somehow they decided to get in a nest in the home. I want to present to you this morning, that's how the enemy gets access. He gets access by our surrender. We surrender the unclean realm over to him. We surrender bitterness and unforgiveness over to him. Rather than dealing with it and bringing it into the light and walking in the light, walking in righteousness, we begin to harbor offenses. We harbor the gossip. We harbor the victim mentality. And the enemy begins to fashion and shape a bondage around it. And then he begins to empower it. And every time you and I submit to those thoughts and those imaginations, we're uh, uh, increasing or consolidating the enemy's power over our life and then it becomes like an obsessive disorder and it's it's horrible and so we're not just dealing with a mental illness which is completely something different we are talking about a spiritual bondage that in Luke 4 Jesus Christ talked about setting the captives free healing the brokenhearted those who are shattered in their emotions those who have been hurt and pained in life Jesus Christ the Bible says in Isaiah that he will not snuff out a a, uh, he will not snuff out a bruised reed. He comes with incredible tenderness and he brings healing and he brings deliverance. And the master's the physician. He's gentle how he works with our emotions and gentle how he works with our soul. But he deals ruthlessly with the powers of darkness. You understand that? And so this morning, what we can do with the bondage, we can get into denial. We deny that we have this thing because of the shame and embarrassment. But I, I think it's like this. How many of you have a messy home? Anybody has a messy home? I'm not looking. I can see some hands. I'll forget who you were. But you know, the things with a messy home, you get a knock on the door and they're by a stranger or someone you don't know that well, and they say, oh, can we come in? And you've got a messy home, and you feel embarrassed, and you, you, you kind of want to be the gatekeeper of the house. Your house is your house. You don't want them inside because you've got all the shame dynamic behind you, and the kids are throwing toys, and the dishes aren't done, and all this sort of stuff. You don't want them in, and they're looking like this, you know, like they kind of want to get inside and, and stuff, and, and you kind of have to be the gatekeeper. But there are other people who are called your friends, and they come to your place and they and you can say, Oh, it's just you. Or come on in. And then they help. They help pick up the toys. They help chuck the nappies where they should be and get them off the kitchen bench. 
They'll help, put the, they'll help you with the laundry. They'll help you do all sorts of stuff and make the beds because you're friends. You don't feel ashamed because you trust them. Okay, picture Jesus is like that. He comes around your life and you can trust Him. You can trust Him. He deals gently. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't carry the spirit of shame or accusation. He'll take you as you are, as a working project. You are like His, his love thing and uh, God wants to touch your life. So this morning, we're going to deal with the issue of how to deal specifically with strongholds and how to win your war. Okay, let's give the Lord a hand this morning. So some of us, we get in denial, and others of us, we get into hoarding. Have we got any hoarders here this morning? Woo! Okay. How many chuck routers have we got? How many wives chuck out the hoarding stuff? You're, you're terrible. Some of those things, men, we wanted them. I have a friend who hoards, and he says to me, and he needed a, a bolt on something. He said, ah, wait. Just, just wait. Just wait. He goes back. About five minutes later, it comes out, I've got it. But that guy is a great friend of mine, but he hoards because he believes in the potential of everything. But some of our wives, HS, do spring cleaning every other day. How many men are not hoarders? You got like to deal light, like the armor, you deal light. You, this is all, you know, sometimes we hoard bondage, don't we? We hoard, we hoard the rejection, we hoard the pride or the offenses. And But I'm telling, telling you this, it's time for a spring clean. It's time for deliverance. Don't you want to push through and be different and get rid of the guilt, the shame, the regrets, the awkwardness, the condemnation? Somebody said, what is a condemnation? A condemnation is pretty much the enemy coming on your life and saying you're a loser. That's pretty much, I don't know how to put it, but that's, that's what he does. He does that really well. Okay, so we're going to talk about the first thing of dealing with, it, uh, with a stronghold was, remember, we confess it. Uh, James talks about confessing your faults one to another, praying for one another that you might be healed. So we're going to bring it out into the light. And remember, the enemy operates around the principles of secrecy, darkness like the cockroaches. But when you bring it into the light, you are actually beginning to deal with the root of it. Okay, so that's the first thing. Okay, the second thing is this. It's called the big gun of faith. Right? Can you say the big gun of faith? Oh my goodness, what on earth is that? Praise is the big gun of faith. We're going to praise God in our trial. We're going to tr praise God in the valleys. We're going to get up to the hilltops, the mountaintops. We're going to praise His name. When we're facing all kinds of trials, difficulties, maybe persecution or ridicule or, or misrepresentation, and your name's all over the island or whatever it is, we're going to praise the Lord because it's a weapon. And the scripture for us is found in Acts 16.25. Uh, it says here um, that, remember when uh, uh, Paul and Silas in prison in Philippi jail, they, pray, they were praying and singing hymns. The result was this. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all of the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Everyone's chains were absolutely loosed. Verse 26. Remember the scripture, it says, 
a woman be thou loosed. Somebody said once, what does loose actually mean? They asked the question, what does it mean to loose? Well, let me go back and tell you what it means to bind. Because the Bible says, whatever things you bind on this earth is actually spiritually bound in heaven. In other words, you bind the demonic on earth, they are bound in the supernatural realm. To bind somebody is to actually put a spiritual fetter and tie them up. Can't operate. But to loose it, when you've got a spirit of infirmity, cancer, sickness, when you've got the roots of jealousy within you, or the roots of uh, fear inside of you, the roots of comparison, or the roots of self-hatred, or, or the roots of uh, passivity, or whatever it is, it's God coming in and actually breaking the bondage, the stronghold that's already there, and loosening the powers of darkness out of it. It's loosening it so that it's no longer a big event in your life. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. So that's the first thing I want you to do. I want to cultivate, let's cultivate a generation and a, a, a church of actually great praise. If people are gossiping and wondering about the economy and all people have got all sorts of opinions, let's, let's come up in the realm of the Spirit and let's be the example of praising God in Jesus' name. Let's praise Him for His greatness. Let's praise Him for His goodness. Okay. The next area here is I want to say this, number three, is we're not powerless we're not powerless. Uh, I had a dream many years ago, and I bought this white car. And in the white car, I, I, I had a friend of mine, and we were going hunting. And I pulled the gun, it was a rifle, out of the vehicle, and uh, um, it was loaded. And I ended up shooting this guy and killing my friend accidentally. It was a dream. But here's the amazing thing. I had that dream about 10 different times, exactly the same reoccurring dream. But what I had to do, I, I, I took authority because when I understood, I asked the Lord what it was. And I said, how come I'm having this re reoccurring dream? How many of you know Satan can give you a dream? You need to understand that. He can put a dream inside of you. Every dream that you have must be subject to the mouth of two or three witnesses. Because not every dream, just because you have spiritual content in a dream, it doesn't mean it's inspired from the throne of grace. Okay, there are, I have a lot of dreams. I, I'm a dreamer. I have lots of dreams. I had some this morning. I had some yesterday. I dream frequently, and sometimes there are spiritual stuff in the dream. And I know there are a lot of, I'm going to say this, I know there are a lot of books and things out on how to interpret your dreams, but I want to say this, when God speaks, He speaks clearly. I understand it's not unless you have to go through all this, oh, what He means by this and what He means by that. People are making big money on some uh, material out there, but when God speaks, He speaks simply, He speaks clearly, and it's at the mouth of two or three witnesses that you know that it's of God. Just because you have a dream of spiritual content, it doesn't mean it's authorized by the throne of grace. Okay, I had this dream, and I believe that dream was demonic, but it was exactly the same dream. Maybe 10 times I had that dream. Haven't had it for many years now. The Lord spoke to me and said, that is a demon of catastrophe. Specifically, I, didn't really, I wouldn't really relate the word to demonic, but that's what he told me. So I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce that prognosis and the devil's prophecy for my life. And I take authority over that demon's spirit that wants to maneuver my life and fashion my life according to that event. In Jesus Christ's name, I render your power ineffective. I bind you, catastrophe, and I command you to go in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, I never had that dream any more times. <laughs> any more times. I never had that dream. <laughs> Again is the word. English is my second language. I had, a, uh, I had an issue yesterday. 
and I got up in the morning and I had about four or five different things. I had to be here, there, and everywhere. And I noticed I started to get a little bit irritated. And I'd gone into the kitchen and I pulled out the, um, uh, the refrigerator, pulled out these crackers and I ate them. And just, I kind of felt a bit irritated. So I thought maybe it's something in the crackers that I make, it's not compatible with, with my blood system or whatever. And so I, I, it was horrible and I felt irritated. And I just, just feel like this is, this is, this is, I've, I've been robbed of some peace. I feel irritated. And I thought, oh, I know I'm up super early this morning. I'll go down and I'll lie down in the bed. So I lay down in the bed hoping to have a 10 minutes, 15 minutes bit of a rest before I had my next appointment. And uh, it was somebody in town and I thought, and I started to feel irritated. But you know, God has given each, one, each, each person a spirit of discernment. And I'm going to teach you on that in a couple of weeks time, the gifting of discernment that we should cultivate. And I believe that was a demonic spirit, it's a demonic attack. This is how I'm going to say it to you. It felt like when I was lying on my bed, it actually felt like there was another person inside of me that was smaller than me that was kind of like irritated. I spoke to some people and they said, I've had that. You just feel irritated. This thing's on the inside. So I said this simply and calmly in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over the spirit. I named it the spirit of, I identified it, exposed it, of the spirit of irritation. And I command you to leave me immediately in Jesus Christ's name. Okay. So as I said that, this thing just went off me and left me, okay? It just completely left me. Now, I, I've probably had that feeling once or twice in my life, but this thing was a, a bit of an issue. I was working for the embassy one time, the U.S. Embassy in, in um, Ludham Crescent there in Woburn, Wellington, and uh, I had come to the end of my kind of uh, journey a little bit, and I said to the Lord, I can't go on any further with you feeling the way I feel I feel so worried I'm anxious uh, I got all the stuff I don't know I just feel burdened all the time worried and so what I did I said Lord you have to deliver me now how many of you know the word of God it says this he that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered or shall be saved used interchangeably so I cried out to the Lord I remember looking at the big uh, uh, wine eating fence and I said God would you deliver me and you got to understand, I come from a background, half Scottish, and worry is one of the strongholds that's in that community, if you, if you know it well. There's like an anxiety, there's a worry, and, and this sort of stuff. And so what I did, I, 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 I went to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I cannot go on any further in my Christian walk unless I have freedom and deliverance from this. I'd come to the very end. And sometimes in life, we've actually got to get sick of our bondages. We actually got to come to the place where we're sick of alcoholism. Let's break the hold over our family and over our generations. We're sick of the contention in our home. Husbands warring and fighting and dishonoring each other. At some point, someone's got to say, enough is enough. Let's stop this now. And so I'd come to that place in my life and I said that, um, Lord, help me. And it was like a black, I can only put it like a, it was like a black hood from about here. It was like a, <laughs> Uh, like literally like a, a, a gray kind of a hood thing, lifted off my body, lift, seriously came off it like a blanket, and I felt liberated, and I felt free from that time on. It was amazing. He that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. What we have to do, remember the scripture says, where two or three are gathered in my name, here I am in the midst of them. Remember the Ananias and Sapphira scripture? Peter 
confronted Ananias and said, how come you agreed in your heart? To Sapphira, he said, how come you agreed in your heart with your husband? When a husband and a wife get into agreement over sin, it's a bigger power around it. How can two people walk together unless they are agreed? What we need to do is disagree with the powers of darkness. We need to disconnect. We need to disagree with the rejection. I am accepted. I am wanted. I am liked. I am valuable. I'm accepted in the beloved. God is for me. Who can be against me? I don't have to be subject to these feelings and emotions that come on. I'm pure. I'm holy. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Without purity, no man shall see the Lord. I've been blood-bought child of God. I don't have to subject myself to those images, and I don't have to be condemned about them either, and you can't put that on me, devil. You can't accuse me just because I saw somebody walking down the road and you've got a lust problem. I ain't got a lust problem. My lust problem was dealt to 2,020 years ago now. You, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, so you've got to, and you and I, is to disagree with the powers of darkness. It's not about denial, but we've got to claim our healing like Donna. We've got to claim our restoration. We've got to claim our inheritance. We've got to declare it. We've got to speak it out. We call those things that are not as if they are. We believe and therefore we speak. Words have power. Words ignite things. Let there be light. You're a co-laborer of Jesus reigning and ruling. And when you begin to speak for destiny over your children, that you're giving them an image to live up to. You're empowering them for success. When you speak love upon your wife, you're empowering her for the next level. When you honor your man and honor your husband, you're empowering him to change his world. So what I'm finding is this, in the church today and in life, generally what happens is we kind of agree with the enemy. He comes around our life and we just, we just say, yeah, okay, I'm no good. I'll, I'll never be able to start that business. And, you know, just because it didn't happen once, it doesn't mean it's going to, you know, it's just like, okay, I, I'll never do it again. I'll, I'll just walk away. You see what I'm saying? Just because you had a bad experience with a male, and I'm going to say this, ladies, most of your teaching about men comes from other women. It's true. And sometimes it's not always right what gets handed down to you. Hey, stepping on some feet, take your shoes off. <laughs> but it's true. Some of the training of the girls about men has come from mamas and come from other women that are carrying a bitter, wounded spirit. And at young kids, they just say things like this. Wow, we all know what those men want, do we now, girls? But that's a wrong concept. It's, it's really a, it's a wrong concept. Even about, uh, uh, guys, some of our concepts about men are completely distorted. They're wrong concepts. They're wrong, they're wrong ideas, wrong opinions. And that's, we're going to pull that stuff down. But I want you to disagree with Satan's plan disagree when something comes against you and a negative thought, an image about your life or about somebody else's life, a family member, I want you to say, no, I don't, I'm not going to think that about that person. Because the enemy wants to bring a wedge, he wants to bring an accusation or a suspicion and a division between couples, groups of people, churches, all that sort of stuff. No, we're going to speak well of people. The Bible says that we should not speak evil of one another. We're going to speak well of people and give people a godly image to live up to. Then the other area is this, is, uh, is build yourself 
up through the supernatural Word of God by confessing the Word of God. And the scripture I've got here is Psalms 119, 130. This is what it says. It says, the entrance of your Word causes light. Now, I want to say this, and I love you to bits, but one of the things I think is lacking in their lives is a good old thing called discipline. I'm not saying disciplining children and that. I'm not, it's not, that's a completely different series. I'm talking about personal discipline, perhaps in the eating area, our attitude area, getting up in the morning and setting things in order and reprioritizing our values and reprioritizing our goals and making sure you're heading in the right direction without distractions and all that sort of thing. But the, one of them is we got to, at some point, cultivate the discipline of reading the Word of God for all of its worth. Find a place. I, I'm, yeah, find a place in the Word and begin to read it. Maybe get into John, begin to study the Word of God. Get a concordance, begin to read it. And this is what the Word of God does. I can tell you from my personal experience, it gives you strength. It does. The strength of the Word of God, it causes you to come up. Because you're actually hearing, remember this? You're hearing the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing the Word of God. Faith produces joy. Joy produces energy. The entrance of thy Word, it causes light. When you have the Word of God inside you, it actually is a repellent towards darkness. That's what it does. It's like a, it's an internal resistance. And some of the reasons why we're bashed around uh, by life, by the storms of life, we are allowing circumstance to dictate to our emotions we get into all kinds of dramas in life and conflicts with people and bits and pieces. We also are subject to the demonic harassments of oppression and we're up and down, hot and cold, in and out. Is because we're not grounded in the Word of God. Study to show thyselves approved unto the Word of God. It's a big burden for me for the next generation of people, young kids coming up that have an experience in Christ, but they're not grounded in the Word necessarily. The next generation, we must know the Word of God because the attacks really are against the manifestation of the Spirit of God and the authenticity of the Word of God. And that's why if you don't teach your children well the Word of God, even though you come from a good family with good moral values and you put them right through college or university, the statistics are incredibly high of kids actually walking away from church in their faith because they're now coming into an ideology and a philosophy that's built upon secularism and humanism and it injects it injects the world's view into their lives. I'm telling you, we need to hear truth. We need to be grounded in the Word of God. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to, but I believe we need our children, our grandchildren, because it's becoming more secular. And listen, there's going to be more demonic spirits released. There are powers, and there are powers and demonic spirits that haven't been released yet on this earth. They've been held back. We read that in, in, the, in the book of Revelation. They are coming. And so we need to make sure that our people are strong in Christ. So the Word of God is to be held with high value. Last one is take up the sword of the Spirit. Okay, so we've got weapons. You've got this weapon in your hand, and I want you to actually, uh, this book of the law shall not depart from the mouth. Demons will yield to the Word of God when mixed with faith and authority. Another way of putting it, the Spirit world is always listening, and it empowers our commitments and empowers things on this earth. It's looking for opportunities constantly, working for a vessel, working through a group of people, working through a government, a family, an individual, to bring inspiration, to bring influence, to be a person, to be a channel for sin. That's how he works. God also looks for a man and a woman. 
The spirit world is always listening and there will be a response. They cannot ignore the commands of God spoken by faith-filled believer. All right, so I'm gonna close on this and this is what I'd like you to do. I'm gonna picture your life a little bit respectfully and I want you to fight for all you're worth. Seriously, I want you to fight for all you're worth. If you can get some wins under your belt, you'll make it so much easier for your children and your grandkids. We're gonna get some wins. So this is what I want you to do. It's very practical. Every time you are harassed emotionally, because sometimes the enemy bypasses the mind and goes straight for the emotions. Sometimes he bypasses the mind, bypasses the emotions, and goes straight for the physical body. We understand that with sickness and infirmity. But sometimes he hits the emotions. I just feel down. I just feel depressed. I just feel gloomy. I just feel doomy. I just feel like, wow, this is horrible. I don't know why. Should I go have another martini? <laughs> Should I have another drink? What should I do? Uh, maybe I'll get online and look and get myself a bit of a comfort. Maybe I'll visit the refrigerator. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to war against negative emotions. But this is what I understand. Sometimes we're not recognizing we're in a battle. We're in denial. We don't actually recognize it. So we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Holy Spirit, would you come and you would expose things around my life where, where I'm not in faith, where I'm subject to kind of uh, foreign forces that are real, that are absolutely real. And, and I want you to begin to help me to recognize it. And what we're going to do together, I'm going to agree with your word and we're going to contend with the powers of darkness. Do you, you see what I'm saying here? Okay, this is how we're going to do this. Uh, for the spirit, the unclean spirits, where a lot of our men and girls get attacked with, you are going to, every time an image, a desire to get on the internet, a desire to think about thoughts or thoughts that come to your mind, you are going to be aggressive. Those thoughts are not your friend. They're not your friend. They have a destination for you. It is always bondage. To be carnally minded is death. The wages of sin is death. It has a journey. It has a destination. So this is what we do. We say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command. You're being a commander. The Bible says you can do this. Because remember Mark 11, Mark 11, 23, speak to the mountain. If you say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it shall be done to you. Okay, so we know that actually literally Jesus is talking about a real mountain, but it's also a picture. Sometimes scripture can have two applications. Okay, mountain of cancer, mountain of infirmity, mountain of perversion, mountain of anger, mountain of rage, mountain of violence, mountain of insecurity mountain of grief, mountain of depression. When it comes to your emotions, it comes to your mind, I want you to stand against the mountain. The mountain is empowered by the demonic realm, but you have all authority to step up and stand up against it. You've been given all authority, and that I believe is probably the biggest battle that the church faces. We don't have the revelation of the authority that Christ has given you, even as one day old Christian. You step into the inheritance that I have has been saved for about 30, 40 years or so. You've got exactly the same authority as I've got against the powers of darkness for your life. Don't be passive about it. Don't be passive and, and say things like, uh, oh my goodness, you know, what you want to do is Jesus cried with a loud voice. Paul said with a loud voice. It's not shouting like teachers shout at school and they lose control of the class. You say in Jesus Christ's name, I take authority over that unclean spirit. Go in the name of Jesus Christ. Then get your scripture. Be holy as I am holy. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And you'll find that that demonic spirit will go. Comes again in the name of Jesus Christ. And maybe it's at work. Go out. 
get out in the cafeteria, go out in the bathroom and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I stand against you. And I command you, unclean spirit, go in the name of Jesus Christ. You see what I'm saying? That's what you have to do. And if you come to me and say, I've got all these problems, I'm going to ask you, are you using the Word of God? Are you commanding the enemy to go? And you say, no. Well, my goodness, it's like you're in the boxing ring, man. You've got no gloves on. You've just been bashed around. Stand up for your rights. Stand up for us. We're not to be dominated and subject to these things. We stand against them in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not just for the pastor or an elder or senior leader to pray for you and pump you up one more time on a Sunday. No, it's for you to stand up for your family. You to pray for your kids. Uh, when another spirit might come, it might be, let's pick on another area, uh, pride. When we get hit with pride or selfish ambition and to desire to promote ourselves, then we say, God resists the proud Satan, but gives grace to the humble. So I command you self-promotion, leave and pride go in the name of Jesus Christ. And then it comes again. It'll come again. It will come again. But you stand on the word of God. The Bible says, as I humble myself, I will be exalted. I put my faith in Jesus' word, but I command you pride to go for me in Jesus Christ's name. Maybe you're driving along and you're looking at a different minority group and you have all these thoughts come around your mind. I resist that in the name of Jesus. That's just pride. And I come against you pride and I bring you low in the name of Jesus Christ. So you use, you command the Spirit to go. And then you use a corresponding Scripture and you declare the Scripture three times like Jesus did, remember? In the wilderness. He didn't try and out-motivate him or out-fox him another way. He used the Word of God and he confronted the issues because the demonic are working in the realm of the Spirit with words that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. What did Jesus do? He came back with them with God's words. It is written. It is written. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Come on now, let's give the Lord a hand. Woo! Depression, loneliness, discouragement, feeling like God's not out there. I put on the garment of praise because it says that it lifts the spirit of heaviness. So I praise your name. I declare your greatness in the land of the living. And I command you discouragement and depression. I command you to go in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what you do. If we can begin to do this, I'm telling you, you're in the battlefield right now and you're fighting against somebody and I'm fighting with somebody else and I don't have to try and fight with him and try and help you out and you're defenseless and you've been slaughtered and beaten up. Man, you can grab your weapon and you can fight for your own life. It was always meant to be that. Not to say I can't help you out, but I'm saying this, that you're in the trenches. You need to be able to have that gun and you need to be able to fire it away. You need to be able to push through in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.otonga.com. Until next time.